You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 96, with Timothy Sykes. Wow, did I just say episode 96? Incredible. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, Men of Abundance? This is Wally Carmichael, your host and founder of the Men of Abundance podcast. We are on episode 96, and man, do I have one hell of a conversation for you guys. Today we are having a conversation with a man who became a millionaire by the age of 22, got a little bit cocky, lost a little bit of his cash, got depressed, ended up on a reality TV show and a documentary, and then came back in such a big way, it's just going to completely blow your mind. There are so many life lessons and abundant lessons in this conversation. You're going to want to hold on to every single minute. If you have not done so already, please make sure that you subscribe to Men of Abundance on your favorite podcast player because we have so much more to come, especially episode 100 coming up really soon. And as you know, when you hear this conversation, so many other people are going to want to listen to this conversation and all of the other amazing conversations we've had here on Men of Abundance. Make sure you are abundant in your life today and simply share this podcast with other people. Tell them about it. Grab their iPhone or grab their phone. Put the podcast player on there and search Men of Abundance and have them save it to their phone or subscribe to Men of Abundance today. Now, you know money is important. If you don't, you should. It ranks right up there with oxygen. But you only need so much of it. Once you have a couple of million dollars in the bank, you really don't need much more than that to live an amazing life. You do yourself and others so much more good by sharing the extra millions of dollars instead of hoarding it or spending it frivolously. That's exactly what penny stock trader and multi-millionaire Timothy Sykes believes. And he knows because that is his reality. As I already mentioned, our featured guest today is Timothy Sykes. He's been featured in multiple magazines, just about every business magazine out there. I saw him on an episode with Steve Harvey. He's been interviewed by Larry King and many, many other syndications, magazines, TV shows, you name it. As I also mentioned, he was on a documentary called Wall Street Warriors, where he ended up starring in five of the six episodes of the first season. You can catch that on Hulu. In this conversation, Tim and I have a conversation about how when you put yourself out there, you're going to have haters and what to do with those haters. He shares with us what happened to him early on by earning so much money at such an early age, what he learned from that, and where he's taken that in his life now with his multiple charities and writing a million-dollar check to a charity that we're going to talk about towards the end. 
And that's where the energy of this conversation really goes through the roof. We share with you what he's done to make his millions. We share with you how you can connect with him to do that. But when we start having this conversation towards the end about what he does with his money today, you're going to feel that energy and you're going to go away from this conversation knowing that you too can make an amazing difference in the world and in your own life. Men of Abundance, it is my distinct honor to introduce you to Mr. Timothy Sykes. Sam, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Where are you at in the world? Uh, right now, I'm actually in Beverly Hills, and I'm on my way. I'm going to be in Tokyo in two days. <laughs> I love Tokyo, man. I, lo- I have not been to Beverly Hills, but I have been to Tokyo. Um, I've been all over uh, Japan. I like it out there. It's really cool. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places. So it's my birthday coming up, so I'm going to take a little birthday trip to uh, Japan. I love sushi. <laughs> you can get the good stuff down there. You get the real, the best stuff. There's nowhere else that even comes close. Indeed, indeed. Before we get too much into the show, I like to start out basically the same way. I start pretty much every single one of my mornings, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Tim? For so much. Uh, my life, my students, my loved ones, my charity my pets, my friends, my family, um, just everything. I'm, I'm grateful for the peaks and the valleys, the whole journey, the whole ride. I love it. Absolutely. You know, I talked a little bit about what you do, um, some of the things that you've done so far, but here at Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the person behind the abundance, the person behind whatever it is that you're doing. So let's get a little bit personal. Let's find out a little bit more about who Tim is and um, what you've been up to. Sure. Bring it on. Basically, you know, t- tell us a little bit more about yourself, something that we don't know already. And, um, you know, we're going to get more into your kick in the gut moment and your enough is enough, kind of what led up to what you're doing now with penny stocks and some of the other things you got going on with your charities, which I really want to hear about. But let's just hear, get a little bit more personal and find out more about you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think as I kind of just talked about how I'm grateful for the whole journey. You know, I've had a crazy ride ever since, you know, I grew up middle class in Orange, Connecticut, a small town. Um, you know, I always wanted to travel the world. And thanks to my job and, and profession of learning to trade stocks, I'm able to do it anywhere. The internet has changed everything for me. So I'm, I, I should have said I'm most grateful for the internet because without that, you know, I don't know what I would be doing. I was a tennis player growing up and I thought that would get me into a good college, which would get me a good job, which would get me financial stability. And I kind of screwed that all up by making, you know, a few million dollars uh, while I was trading stocks in in high school and college, and then I was addicted. So I first want to just mention how unique of a time in history this is where, you know, we use the internet and we have these new tools, but we don't really appreciate it and, and understand, I think, that this is so revolutionary. I mean, this is like the printing press which was hundreds of years ago, but this is the printing press times a million, and it's only like 20 years old. The internet isn't even old enough to drink. Like, it's just a baby. Yeah, you know, that is exactly what this show is all about. That's one of the reasons why I decided to start this show, Men of Abundance. The name kind of shares a little bit, you know, maybe it's a faith-based type of program, but really it's more about what you're talking about, what you just said. We live in an amazing world today with unbelievable opportunities that we have never had in history. And we're safer today than we ever have been. And it's all about what you decide to do with that information. So you discovered penny stocks. 
And I would like to hear a little bit about how you got into that and how you did that. But before we even do that, one of the things we like to do here on the show is bring up that kick in the gut moment. And the reason why I bring this up is because anybody who is forward moving, anybody who is doing anything other than just sitting on the couch watching, you know, reruns of whatever your best show is or binge watching on Game of Thrones or whatever, anybody who's done anything has had a couple kick in the gut moments, whether it's business, personal or otherwise. I'd like to hear one of those kick in the gut moments and kind of make us feel that. Sure. I mean, I can give you a few, but probably the the most important one uh, I would say is when, you know, I got away from my trading strategy. I got greedy because, you know, with penny stocks, these are stocks trading under $5 a share. They're very small companies. Uh, It's very speculative. And what I've learned to do is make, you know, a few hundred dollars a day or a few thousand dollars a day. And it's add up to, you know, millions over time. But it's kind of frustrating when, you know, you see Wall Street and people are making, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions in a day with bigger companies. And I kind of got away from what made me really successful uh, when I was running my hedge fund. You know, we had gained 20% per year over three years, but my fund was just a few million. So I was like this this little speck and I got greedy and I was in my early 20s I invested roughly a third of my hedge fund into my best friend's dad's company which basically invented print at home ticketing I wanted to be an investor I didn't want to be a trader anymore and I ignored all my rules and risk management and I went for the home run and I swung and I missed and I personally lost half a million dollars and I lost all my credibility and you know it was a real you know, kick to the gut for a cocky young guy like me who had never had a big loss. And, you know, it it turned me to drinking for several months. Meanwhile, I'm filming this reality TV show, Wall Street Warriors, where I was drunk in every episode because I was depressed. Uh, But it turned out to be one of the best things. I I know you want it to be all depressing, but again, I'm, I'm grateful for the peaks and the valleys. It was a valley, but it helped me understand that I had to stick to my rules, the rules that I now teach my students and you can't get cocky a few hundred dollars a day or a few thousand dollars a day is more than enough uh, for most people and so it really helped me understand the opportunity uh, with you know these low price stocks that I trade and not to get too greedy and it made me a safer better more conservative trader and a safer better more conservative teacher so in the long run it was great for the first few months it really sucked. You know, you bring up a very good point in that, you know, you were in a valley and everybody goes through peaks and valleys. In fact, there's a great book out there called Peaks and Valleys that talks specifically about that. And it's what you do in those valleys and those downtimes that when you click and set your mindset right and decide what you're going to do and realize for you, you had a skill. You knew you where you got from that skill. So you, I'm assuming you just went right back into that, got back on track, stayed with your rules and got yourself back to where you wanted to be. Yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't sure. I, frankly, I didn't know all of the rules. Um, I didn't know that I had broken them. You know, I didn't have it all, you know, crystallized in my mind back then. Um, but that loss helped me crystallize my rules. And I did get back to what had made me so much money. And then, you know, I started teaching because of the success of the TV show. And, you know, there was a whole article on on Reuters that's called Failed Hedge Fund Manager Tries Again on the Internet. And, you know, it was a pretty crappy article. But I knew that my loss wasn't caused by, you know, my strategy being bad. I had just gotten away from what made me successful because I went for, you know, a grand slam instead of just hitting singles. 
So it taught me a valuable lesson. Um, I got very good at drinking too. I probably did some <laughs> some liver damage uh, for a few months, but I had some fun, and you know now I can't drink for shit, and uh, I'm I'm disciplined. So it, it it all worked out in the end, but you know you don't realize it in the moment, and you don't realize it for several days or weeks or months, like when you have a big loss or a big mistake, and especially on Wall Street where even though I didn't lose all my money, I had only lost a third of my money, but when you lose a third of your money, it's like, what are you doing? You know nothing. Um, you know, my hedge fund still finished up over four years, but when you lose that amount of money, all your credibility disappears. So it was actually pretty amazing to see, you know, who my real friends were. So you mentioned that you got greedy, and that's another point that I like to make quite often is that so many people want that big win. And I've heard this saying before, and I don't know where I first heard it at, was that most people invest to lose, quite frankly, because they don't, if you listen to somebody like Grant Cardone, who talks about investing, he says, don't don't even think about investing unless you have $150,000, $250,000 to just go ahead and throw in there. But you're doing something that's way different than what's mainstream, as far as I know, because I honestly, I don't know a whole lot about investing on either side. I didn't, you know, I used to read a lot about it and stuff like that. But then once I see things like the amount of money that's being made with the amount of money being put in, I'm like, I'm not there. That's not where I'm at. But penny stocks basically is says what it is. It's a low entry, if you will. A am I reading that right? Yeah, no. Most of my top students have, you know, just a few thousand dollars. That's why I gravitated towards it when I first began. My parents thought that I would lose it all. They gave me control of my bar mitzvah gift money. They thought that it would be a good lesson for me. But you know, so many people have 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 to their name. They can't afford to invest in real estate. They can't afford, you know, uh, these these big companies that are talked about on CNBC. If you make 10 to 20 percent over, you know, a year, it's it's like a few hundred dollars. It's like nothing. So you have to do strategies, I think, that aren't necessarily mainstream to have a shot. My top student has now turned 1,500 into four million dollars in five years. In the real world of Wall Street. You know, four million dollars in five years is nothing. But for the average person, especially when you have fifteen hundred dollars to your name just a few years prior, that's very good. So you have to understand, you know, scalability and, and the lack thereof with penny stocks. But the good news is, you know, I think that all you need in life is really a few million dollars. I know a few billionaires and they are screwed up in the head. Mm. Very good point. I'm glad you said that too. So with the gentleman that you were just talking about, one of your students that got to $4 million in five years, what did that look like over the course of the five years? Because, and I'm, and I'm asking this because I'm just imagining and I want men to get the right picture that probably in the first year, two, three years, there wasn't a whole lot of growth, but based on the growth of the, the stocks and all that stuff, it did it shoot up towards the last third, fourth and fifth year? Or how did that work out? Yeah, so it is kind of like a hockey stick uh, growth, but you know we're not investing in these penny stocks. Most penny stocks are scams. Okay, let's mm -hmm. let's be clear about that right now. Like if you've seen the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, most of these companies end up at zero. That said, you know I could make the case that most stocks end up at zero too. Seventy percent of all stocks, no matter the bull market, go down every year. So I think Wall Street is one big circus. But with penny stocks, we're not investing in the long haul. We're trading off their volatility. So. We're trying to you know, ride them up and you can ride them down. You can actually bet against the scams. You can make money when the scams collapse. So it takes a little while to get used to it because it's kind of weird. Uh, but for the first nine months, 
Tim Grittani did not make that much money. He was not consistently profitable. He actually lost his first $1,500. He had to put in another $1,500 while he was learning the game. And I find this with you know most students, you don't get it all at first because kind of it's a weird strategy and you know you have to think counterintuitively. But within his first three years, he had turned the 1500 into a million. And now in year four and year five, the million has grown to four million. So you need to kind of get your, your sea legs, like you have to get used to it for the first year. Um, for most people, you know, and, and this is arguably the, the best trader in the world right now. So if it takes him nine months to get even consistently profitable, not like, you know, millionaire profitable, but just consistently profitable, making more money than he loses, it takes a while. And we still don't win 100% of the time. You know, none of my top students and I ever make more than, you know, winning 60, 65, 70% of the time. So we have losses, but because we have these rules that have been crystallized for us over the years, we cut losses quickly, so that is key. I make mistakes all the time, but I, I make them and I keep them small, and I don't let a small mistake turn into a potential big disaster. So obviously this is a learned skill, and yeah. you're teaching other people this skill. How did you learn this skill? Uh, unfortunately, I learned all through trial and error. So my job these days is to be the mentor to people that I never had. Uh, I wish that I had somebody showing me the ropes I made so many stupid mistakes over the years, but no one really cares about penny stocks. You know, most people, it is like the wolf of Wall Street. Like you, you either get, you know, promoted to or you're the promoter. There's no in between. No one really came up with a strategy like mine. So I kind of, uh, I guess, blazed the trail. And, uh, you know, now here we are. I've got 9,000 students in, in nearly 100 countries. Wow, that's impressive. And I'm assuming that a lot of these, you're basically the the springboard for a lot of these guys that are your students because hopefully they're not making the same mistakes that you made and probably gaining much much more traction much sooner than you did. Well, yeah, that's the goal, to speed up their learning curve. But I will say also that it's sadly kind of like the gym rates. Uh, if you ever look at gym memberships, you know, 80% of people with a gym membership don't actually go to the gym. Mm -hmm. They just have a membership. And the same holds true for my 9,000 students. It sounds amazing to have 9,000 students. Less than 2,000 of them even watch all the video lessons. A lot of them just want hot picks. So I have to kind of like de-brainwash them from watching, you know, jokers on CNBC who are bald and ugly and win 35 to 40% of the time <laughs> into thinking that, you know, following picks and doing your, your homework on research is really what's going to make you a lot of money. It's not. You can do research all day long and you still won't have an accurate uh, picture of what the stock is going to do. So it's a lot of brainwashing. It's a lot of effort. It's not easy. But, you know, now I have several millionaire students and they're helping me teach. So people are learning not just from me, but actually several of my students who started with very little and now they've made it in a few years. So it's going to keep growing. And, and that's my goal. I like that. And the point to catch there, men, is that when you have a coach or a mentor or somebody who's been there, done that, kind of blazed the trail, as Tim was just saying, you greatly diminish the learning curve. Therefore, you greatly diminish your chances of failure. Not saying you're not going to fail, especially in something like this where you don't have a whole lot of control, but at least you know what the what, what it looks for, what it looks like in front of you around that next corner. You have an idea of what might be there for you. So it's very important that no matter what it is that you're doing, 
you get somebody who is a mentor, somebody who's willing to coach you. And if you have to pay for that, it's money well invested. Absolutely. Exactly. Otherwise, you know, you, you pay for it somehow. Like either the market is going to teach you or, you know, someone like me will teach you. And trust me, I'm a lot cheaper and a lot more forthcoming with the lessons. <laughs> if you go through the market, you know, I know some people, they're like, ah, oh, Tim, I don't want to learn. I don't want to invest in my education. I just want hot picks. And I'm like, all right, see ya. Like, whatever. I don't teach people with a bad attitude. Kind of the cool thing about being real in an industry full of scams is I get to choose my students. So if you approach me with the wrong attitude, I just wave goodbye. And sadly, many people do this and they just come back six months, nine months later, they've lost 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 on their own and they're like, all right, teach me some rules. So you have to learn the rules one way or the other, but a mentor is so, so key. And I, I really wish, you know, I had success, but I'm kind of a crazy work ethic person. Like I've been working 18 to 20 hours for 20 plus years now. Uh, studying all this stuff and trading every single day, no matter where I am in the world. I've visited 100 countries. I'm kind of like obsessive with, with travel too. But I make it easier for my students to learn so that they don't have to put in you know, as many ridiculous hours as I have had to. Wonderful. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's really cool. So I saw you on a uh, episode with Steve Harvey. What was that like, man? Ah, that was incredible. That was just a, a random opportunity. You know, his staff had, had seen me uh, and several of my students, you know, featured in the media when I created a, a few millionaire students and we got featured on CNN and, and stuff like that. And so they reached out to me and they flew me, my parents, several of my top students over to their studio in Chicago. And, you know, we just answered questions for literally an hour, um, you know, about like 10 minutes of it made it to air. Um, but it was just beautiful. You know, Steve was a, was a great guy. He was an incredible interviewer. He wanted to really learn everything that made me and my students successful. It, it wasn't, you know, a, a very like shallow interview. Like it was really in depth. There was a script that we were prepared for, like questions prepared ahead of time. And he went way off it. He just kept asking questions. He wanted to know more and more. And it was awesome because I, you know, I love explaining this stuff. Um, so it, it was one of the best experiences and I know my students loved it. You know, we went out for some Chicago pizza and, and it was a good time. Yeah. He seems like a really inquisitive guy. I recently read one of his books, uh, jump and he's very inquisitive. Everything I see him doing when he's talking to people, he, he really seems genuinely interested in, and inquisitive. And just like myself, I, I can sit here and talk to you about this stuff till, you know, all day long, but I want to respect your time. So at this point, we're going to pay it forward to our Abundant Leaders. You ready to do that, Tim? Yes, bring it on. All right, brother. Hey, man, you know here at Men of Abundance, I'm really big on living your life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness. And we have all of these discussions. But one of the things that we've been talking about lately is improving and increasing your finances and there are so many reasons for that that I'm not going to get into today but we're always talking about why it's important and a few ideas about how you can do that but I've never really shared the nuts and bolts about exactly what to do and how to do it so today right now I'm going to share with you one of the resources that I personally use that keeps me on track and up to date with all the latest trends and everything about my personal business. And if you have a business and are struggling at this point or thinking about starting a business, this is a resource that you absolutely must get your hands on. 
I am talking about a membership site called Freedom. It's spelled F-R-E-E-D-Y-M. This is the Netflix for entrepreneurs because I can't even tell you how many videos are in here for you to learn from. Everything that have to do with entrepreneurship, motivation, personal growth, marketing, money, lifestyle, membership sites, you name it. Everything you need to get started is right here. And since I'm a member, you can get started for just $1. The way to do that and to get to that link is to go to menofabundance.com. Click on the resources tab at the top of the page and scroll down and you will see the Freedom logo, F-R-E-E-D-Y-M. Click on that, take a look, see everything that they have and get started for just $1 and get inside. You're going to be blown away at how much information is in there. I'm loving it. I'm using it and it is greatly assisting me in building my side hustle and building my membership site. So right after this conversation, go to the resources tab at menofabundance.com and go check it out. All right, let's get back to the conversation. So give Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Sure. Uh, If you go to timothysykes.com, uh, when you go to my website, you'll see um, a, a page where you can basically get seven free video lessons, um, totally free, you know, and we're just trying to teach you the basics of my strategy, um, how to spot good companies, how to spot scams. A lot of people come to me too late after they've lost half or all their money and they've been scammed. So I, I try to teach people how not to fall for that. Um, you know, there are a lot of scams out there and, and you can find ways to figure it out ahead of time before you lose your hard earned money. Um, and also, you know, I, if you go to my Twitter, I have like 12 tweets a day. It's just twitter.com slash Timothy Sykes. And I have literally every single day, 12, sometimes 14 tweets with just articles that I've written with tips. I have over 8,000 blog posts, but I try to uh, simplify it on my Twitter and just show people, you know, different uh, rules and different stuff that's working in different markets because it's not an exact science. That's what makes trading so difficult. Um, that's what makes the stock market so difficult. Like, you know, it's not like math where six plus seven always equals 13. In the stock market, sometimes you can have the worst company and it can be the best stock. And some people are like, how does this work? Well, there are signs, there are indicators. So I would suggest you go there. And then also step number three, go to my YouTube channel. Uh, again, it's it's just Timothy Sykes. You can do a search on, on YouTube. And I have 800 plus free videos. So not only do I encourage people to you know study this stuff before they ask me questions, but it's also all free. So you have no excuse whatsoever. And I just am trying to get good information out there um, before you begin, because information and, and kind of thinking the right way is the foundation. You know, after you start learning the way that I think and, and the way that my strategy works, then you start asking questions. But too many people don't want to put in the time and effort to actually research. They're just like, yeah, yeah, Tim, give me a hot pick and I'll learn that way. And I say, no, 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 no. This is like med school. You know, you don't have uh, want to be doctors operating on patients day one, week one the patient would die that the students don't know what they're doing they go through four years of schooling or eight years of schooling before they start operating on patients in finance i don't i wouldn't say that you have to go through four or eight years or go into like six figure student loan debt with this but you do have to put in time you know into research and into a foundation of education otherwise you know in this analogy your patient is your account 
and your brokerage account will die if you don't know the rules. The stocks move very quickly. You know, 90% of all traders lose money. So it's very imperative that you have the right mindset from the get-go. I don't want, you know, I do interviews and I don't want to give hot picks because that teaches the wrong thing. It doesn't matter. Even if a pick is going to do so well, you're probably not prepared to, you know, trade it properly. Like what if the pick doesn't go well? Are you prepared to cut losses quickly? Do you have a plan in place? Do you have risk management? No. You just think that it's going to succeed and that's a very simplistic attitude. So I need to teach people to think differently first. Right. And you were talking about time. On average, and I know you can't give like a specific, but basically on average, for those who do take action and go through your videos or even those who contact you to work with you personally, on average, what is the time frame that people start getting into the positive? Yeah, um, I mean, we have we have a software called StocksToTrade.com where you can actually practice your trading uh, for free, and it's kind of like a, like fantasy sports, but fantasy stock market. So mm. you don't necessarily have to lose big, um, and that just came out literally a, a month ago. Um, so that has really helped me, uh, you know, teach people and, and get them not necessarily losing so much. But even with that, I mean, it's not a full education because there's not real money on the line. So you need emotional education. You need endurance, like, you know, the stock market is a long day. I, I used to, like, take a nap midday. I couldn't even look at the screen all day. Um, so it's it's definitely a learned skill. And, you know, usually I would say give me at least nine months because you have to put a lot of moving pieces together before it all starts really making sense. It's kind of like Neo looking at the Matrix. And, you know, when you first see it, it's just a whole bunch of weird code. But by the Matrix 3, he understands it. And Matrix 2 and 3 were very long movies that were unnecessary. So I try to avoid Matrix 2 and Matrix 3 type situations. No, that's a good point. And the reason why I bring that up is because I want to compare that to a four-year degree where you might be potentially throwing in 80000 to a couple hundred thousand dollars into an education to start Madness. a career. Madness. Yeah, crazy. It's just nuts. And potentially here in, in you know, with a 15, what was it, $1,500 investment, Yes. You know, let's say three thousand dollar investment and put in twelve months of time. Can you? I mean, guys, can you see the payoff there? Can you see the difference in in starting a career? Um, which which way would you want to go? Especially if it's something you can really get into, because some guys just can't get into this kind of stuff. But for those of you who are on the edge of your seats right now, going, I'm waiting for this interview to be over so I can contact him. Uh, or go to those YouTube videos, and I, I strongly encourage you to go check out the YouTube videos. Check out all the free stuff he talked about before you get in contact with him, because that's going to be about 70% of the fight, I'm guessing, right there. Um, but, wow, the payoff is just huge. Yeah, you just have to be prepared, you know, to study. Uh, everyone's prepared for the payoff. Everyone's prepared to be right. rich, but not prepared for the journey to actually get there. So that's why I'm telling you this. Have nobody, none of you guys contact me until you're ready and you know not just put in like one or two hours of study like we're talking hundreds of hours but at the same time you learn this skill that you have forever this isn't like athletics where you have to you know get to your peak by age 30 or else it's over you know most of the best traders and investors you know aside from my students most of them are really good in their 40s 50s 60s because they've learned this stuff over decades with all these new tools that are made possible by the internet you know, we're speeding up the learning curve so you can do this in your 20s, 30s, 40s. But just understand that this takes time. This is not some BS get rich quick scheme. 
it's a skill and it will be with you forever and even if you don't want to trade stocks even if you don't like penny stocks at least i'll teach you how not to get suckered how not to get scammed how to identify uh you know a scam or something that likely will go to zero and, and that's a tool that can be used for everybody excellent i'm glad you threw that out there what daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life Ah, daily habits, I guess it would say, you know, just my my overall consistency and dedication. Like it doesn't matter where I am in the world, even if I'm in Japan, you know, I'm trading stocks in the middle of the night there. Um, I'm always trying to adapt. Even though I don't necessarily trade stocks every day, I'm always looking. Actually, the mentality that I have is that of a retired trader. I think of myself as someone who is retired. I don't need to trade. I don't want to trade. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of hard work. But if there is a play that is good enough, that fits all my patterns, that fits all my indicators, I will come out of retirement and play this play because I will feel too guilty otherwise missing it. And that kind of mentality, even though I'm trading, you know, not literally every single day, but most days, that kind of mentality allows me not to force trades because too many people see all these stocks moving and they're like, oh, I got to trade this, I got to trade this, I got to trade this. And it's a very frustrating game if you don't have patience to wait for the best setups. So patience and just sitting on your hands is such a key thing. And then looking at the market every single day for potential plays but not necessarily trading is also key to my success. Excellent. What are you reading or listening to now that you'd re recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Um, I read a lot, you know, because I'm traveling a lot and I'm always interested. I'm reading this great book called Hitmakers um, and it's kind of like the science of how hits are made and, and how, you know, a lot of these impressionist painters like, uh, you know, Monet became superstars, not because of how great they were as painters, but because of the controversy and press that they got. And, you know, how certain songs like, um, what is the song that the book talked about? The, the theme song to um, Blackboard Jungle. And it, it was just a, a song that was going nowhere for the first few months then it was featured in the movie and became arguably the best-selling song of all time so it's really a cool book i highly encourage you to read Hitmakers. definitely i definitely want to get a hold of that book so i got one more question for you actually and, and i want to i do want to talk about your foundation as well but before we do that what does living a life of abundance mean to you Ooh, um I mean, abundance is such a good word. And by the way, the, the author of that book is Derek Thompson, in case oh, you're, you. you're curious. It just came out uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, for me, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do in this life. And, you know, getting money is, is good, but it's not going to necessarily, you know, make you happy. You know, I had dreams when I was growing up of, of owning like an exotic car. Now I've got a Lamborghini and a Ferrari. And that's fun, but it doesn't make you necessarily happy. I've had the big mansion. It was a terrible mess uh, trying to manage it, even though you think, oh, when you grow up, I want to live in a big mansion. This is the dream. And it just turned out to be you know, more hassle than it was worth. So don't necessarily think that what you dream of right now or, or when you were younger is the key to happiness. Try to experience everything. Try your best for success. Um, and I think the best part of you know, financial success is the fact that, you know, you're allowed to try different stuff. Once you have money and freedom and you're kind of, you know, above the rat race and you don't have to worry about your bills getting paid, 
and your responsibilities, you can really start to try different hobbies and, and start to you know read more and start to learn new skills. And then you find what you really love. And then if you find what you really love, you know you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer or a lot of these old world industries where you think this is the way to making big money. The world has expanded greatly, and now we're in this part like where, thank, thankfully to the internet, you know we can make a lot of money and we can be truly happy focusing on whatever passion that we have. Whether you want to be a poet or you know a trainer or a chef uh, or a penny stock trader um, or you know a food critic, there's money all over the place if you become a true expert in the subject that you love and I can't encourage people enough to find what they love focus on what they love don't live for somebody else don't try to make other people happy because inevitably if you try to do that you'll make yourself sad you know I know a lot of people who try these jobs and they try to live lives for others and I know that it sounds bad to be selfish but at the same time you have to make yourself happy and you know, frankly, I've been very fortunate in the stock market to have all this freedom, and now I have an abundance of choices of what I want to do with my life. And now, you know, I've gotten into teaching and charity because to me, that's the most fulfilling. But if you had asked me ten years ago what makes you happy, I wouldn't even know. And frankly, I'm just fortunate, and I'm so blessed to be able to get into teaching and now get into charity and be able to do both and and make this you know my whole life so I, I work ridiculous hours but I don't think of it that way because I'm doing what I love I can't imagine my life not doing what I love now that I found it and I want more people to be in that position excellent excellent answer I too love teaching and and sharing my experiences and skills with others and one of my favorite things to give to and to talk to and to help lift up is is our kids I really enjoy working with kids so what made you start the Timothy Sykes Foundation, and then specifically working with Make-A-Wish Foundation and the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, and we actually have to update my bio because I just donated a million dollars to uh, Pencils of Promise, which builds schools all around the world, and that wasn't even out when, when Dude, we first... Tim, I'm so glad that you just said that because that right there was the catalyst. That right there, because I have Pencils to Promise on my website, and nice. you, are you still to this date the highest contributor to that organization? Uh, yeah, I just made the single largest uh, donation. I'm amazing. on there. Brother, there thank you for that. You are amazing. Truly amazing. Ah, it I'm, was my yeah, pleasure. That's awesome. they're, they're an amazing organization. They've now built 400 schools worldwide. And, you know, my million dollars is going to build 20 plus schools um, and then also buy a ton of uh, e-readers and, and tablets to make the teaching process better. But I love Make-A-Wish. I love... Uh, you know, Boys and Girls Club. I also have schools now. I just opened a school in Cambodia thanks to the uh, Cambodian Village Fund. Now I have four schools in Bali thanks to the Bali Children's Project. And now I have a school being built in Nepal also thanks to OnBuild. So we're building schools everywhere. And for me, you know, I, I started the Timothy Sykes Foundation just to because I had a lot of money and I wanted to give back. But I didn't really know what I wanted to give back with. You know, we've donated to a lot of different charities. I donated $50,000 to an animal shelter that was close to me um, and, you know, a, a breast cancer support group, too, um, and some homeless uh, people living in Florida donated some, some supplies to them um, and actually homeless people in L.A. also. But once I started really getting into the charity world and, and you know, experiencing what I love most, it did come down to the kids. And Make-A-Wish was great. 
Boys and Girls Club was great. But then I kind of merged my love of, you know, charity with these kids to charity for building schools because I love education. You know, I'm a teacher, but now I really, really want to build more schools and teach more people all over the world, especially in these third world countries where, frankly, too many people, too many villages, entire towns are condemned to live in this cycle of poverty because they're always trying to make enough money just to exist. They can never really get the proper education. They can never get the proper skills to break that cycle. So I think this is probably the world's most important uh, you know, movement. And I'm proud that Pencils of Promise uh, has now built 400 schools and they're so organized. And I'm, I'm just proud to be able to help out. Excellent. Absolutely. And guys, I want you to pay attention to something. Tim has already, he's got so much energy, man. He's got so much going on. And you can just... Feel the energy. I can anyway. I'm telling you right now, I can feel and hear the energy when you start talking about education and when you start talking about giving to all these charities and giving to, you know, to the kids and building these schools and stuff. And that's where it's all at. Find something that just drive, that gets you energized like that, completely wakes you up from a coma and, and gets you out there to do something about that. And I truly, I, I love that because one of the things that I noticed in your social media, Tim, is and I get this too, not nearly on the scale that you get it, but once you start putting yourself out there and you start showing who you are, what you're doing in life, you just inevitably, you get the haters, you get the troll, the trolls out there and all this kind of stuff. And I'm here to tell you, the cynical person, the um, man, the person with the scarcity mindset is going to think just the worst of no matter what somebody does. But the fact of the matter is, Tim is making a difference in so many lives by teaching what he knows and then taking his skills and his money and, and his time. Because he's, he's actually gone out to some of these schools where they're building these schools and watch these schools being built. And I just think that that's amazing. One, that you do that. Two, that you can do that. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely love it. I'm glad you can sense my energy. You know, I, I don't just write the checks. I know a lot of people do, and that's fine. But I like going to see the people that this money is helping. And I love seeing, you know, Pencils of Promise in action, the Cambodian Village Fund. I mean, I had a thousand kids greet me. And yes, there are haters and trolls they are like, don't post this stuff. You should just give silently. And, you know, I'm like, screw you. I'm going to give and I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to post big ass checks because it was fun. You know, I donated a scholarship to Tulane University where I went to school back in 2002 before social media even existed. And I have a picture of me holding a giant check. It's fun to hold giant checks. Go watch Happy Gilmore. So I love the trolls. I love the hate. My first millionaire student actually thought that I was full of BS. His name is Michael Good. You can go Google the blog post where, you know, I found him because he wrote a blog post called Timothy Sykes is full of BS. And he listed like eight or nine reasons why he thought that I was lying about, you know, making millions and being able to create millionaires. We went back and forth in the comments. He gave my, you know, DVD guides a try and he was trying to like prove me wrong. And it was kind of beautiful. I know many people say, ignore your haters, ignore your trolls. Because I'm real, because I can turn anybody into a good student if given the chance, this is my best example where if I had ignored him, I would not have a first millionaire student. But I, I know that what I teach is good and right. So we went back and forth. He gave me a try. And now he's made over $2 million. He's the moderator of my chat room. I just came <laughs> back from St. Martin with him and his beautiful wife. You know, we went on this great yacht trip. And it's just beautiful. You know, I, I love being real and I don't mind the haters and they they push me 
to work harder. I probably wouldn't work as hard as I do if I didn't have haters or trolls. Like when I was on that TV show, Wall Street Warriors, a lot of people said, you know, short selling penny stocks, betting against them, like betting on lower prices was illegal. And I'm like, no, it's not. I've been doing this for years. And they were saying, no, no, my broker tells me it's illegal. And what really happened is a lot of brokers that can't short sell penny stocks because they're incompetent, because they're not good brokers, they lie to their customers and say, no, it's not possible. He must be lying. And, you know, I, again, I'm not the first person to discover short selling uh, penny stocks, but I do think that I've probably promoted this strategy the most. And now not as many people think that it's illegal. It's perfectly legal. It's perfectly logical and rational and actually works very well because most of these scams will go to zero. But without those initial people telling me that what I did was illegal, I probably wouldn't have even gotten into the teaching business. But my blood boiled when people tell me something that I know to be true is wrong. And so I have to create products explaining how it's right. And that's the beauty, again, of being real. No matter what you love, if you find somebody, whether they're you know a random person emailing you or even if they're like an industry leader and you know them to be wrong, you should go after them. You should correct them. You should build a whole business around correcting them because being real can make you a lot of money and it's good and it's fulfilling. So all you have to do is be real. That's like the secret of success. You find some inefficiency in the world. You know, There's a lot of people who say you can't do this, you can't do that. And if you find a way where you actually can, and you know whether it's revolutionary, whether you're the first or the second or whatever, if you shout enough and you use social media and you get other people seeing what you see, you know, if you look on my Twitter feed, I have like a hundred plus students every single day using my strategies, not necessarily on the stocks that I'm trading, but just using the patterns that I teach and profiting. And now they see it too. And you can kind of grow an army using the internet and social media, but you have to be real. There is no future if you are a scam or if you're fake. I know there's a lot of MLM operators listening and they're very disappointed because they want to sell their vitamins and they want to sell their energy drinks. They're dinosaurs. They don't even know it. The internet is evolving. This is like the Wild West and you could be like these people who sell fake gold in Alaska in 1870. Guess what? They end up broke. They're useless. The most successful company from the gold rush. Do you know what it is, Wallace? I believe it was the guys that were selling shovels. Correct. Shovels <laughs> and jeans. Levi's jeans came from the gold rush. Mm -hmm. If you sell the tools and, you know, who cares whether someone finds gold or not? If you sell the tools and you're real and you're good, you will be lasting. Levi's jeans were good. They lasted centuries. Okay. So all you have to do is be real. That is my key to success. Do not be fake. Do not promote BS. There is no future in it. Even if you win a little bit short term, you're going to feel guilty. You're going to be, you know, just hounded by guilt. A lot of my top programmers and employees actually used to be penny stock promoters or work with penny stock promoters like the Wolf of Wall Street. Then they saw what I was doing, betting against it, exposing scams, and they came to work for me. And a lot of them tell me, you know what? I sleep much better at night. I was so sick of all these people you know complaining like I would get all these emails like my my initial programmer told me he would get all these emails every night from people who were getting scammed by these promoters and then I came out with my book in American Hedge Fund basically teaching people how to bet against scams and he's like I want to switch teams and if you look at through all my emails every now and then you get a Michael good but I turn them eventually but most of my emails are like wow you're real this is amazing I love it and that is the key to success on the internet 
being real, being useful, being good, and charging a price or giving you know a ton of stuff away for free and giving so much value that people have no option other than to love you. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. And the other the other point I want to make about some of those brokers out there you're talking about is they can't there's certain only certain things they can do because they have to sell their company's products and they have to sell them the way that they're told to sell. Their hands are tied. I got a friend of mine who is uh Charlie Jewett has a really good podcast called um, Renovate Retirement. He used to be one of these guys. He's now turned against the industry. He call, he refers to them as joker brokers, and he's educating people on how to renovate their retirement no matter where they're at in life because he brings up a lot of the points you just made is they're, they're not able to sleep at night. He wasn't able to sleep at night doing what he was doing before. Now he's loving life. He's not making nearly as much money, but he's sleeping at night. And there's more important things than money. I'm not making exactly. as much if, you know, if I promoted penny stocks and I was like the Jewish wolf of Wall Street, or I guess he was Jewish. But if I was like the new wolf of Wall Street and I promoted stocks and I was just scamming people, I could make a lot more money. But it wouldn't be good money. And I get emails to this day, like a lot of promoters are angry. They're like, you're not the wolf of Wall Street. He made so much more. And I'm like, yes, he made so much more because he was a criminal. Okay. There's not good money to be made necessarily or as much money to be made being honest but it's fulfilling it's long term and more people should do it we should stop celebrating criminality and unethical behavior i know that you know crime movies do so well and if you have like an inspirational movie it doesn't necessarily do as well people love criminals and we love the superficial things we need to gradually change people so i post pictures of my lamborghini and cash to inspire my students to study harder. But more and more, I'm posting pictures on videos of my charity, and I'm gradually shifting their mindset. I told this to Larry King, and I was like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, trick these guys a little bit and get them thinking and having the right priorities so that they're not so influenced by, you know, absolutely just horrendously valued people like the Kardashians, where they're just doing whatever they can for fame and money. That is not the future. I know that it seems like glitzy and I know it seems exciting, but that is not the future of the internet. The future of this revolutionary tool that we've just begun exploring has nothing to do with getting the most likes. This is primitive stuff. We're like cavemen drawing little pictures in caves right now. That's where we are in the development of the internet. In the future, when you provide good information, real information, and you have the technology and the apps and all kinds of things, especially for education, the next few years are going to be amazing, but you have to have the right mentality. If you're just making a stupid app that allows you to draw pictures uh, or, or draw stuff on, on pictures, I think that's, that's popular right now, but I think that's going to die out as we evolve and create more you know, useful stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one point I want to make, and you've mentioned this a couple times, look, guys, if you are doing amazing things in your communities and doing things for other people, post that stuff. You know why? Because everybody's posting this garbage like you were saying with the Kardashians or posting all these kids fighting in the streets with nobody breaking them up except for recently I posted on my Facebook about the guy who broke up a fight with these two teenagers. Post that kind of stuff. Post the good stuff. Don't don't be sharing all the garbage out there, all the negativity. If it's okay to post that, it's okay. It's more than okay to post the amazing things you men, you guys are doing in your community. And you should. It's not even about getting the most likes or doing good. By sharing stuff that charities do and good inspirational stories, 
you know, you inspire other people. Like when I talk about these charities, I'm not just talking about them because I donate. I want more people to donate. And already with Pencils of Promise, I know that hundreds of my followers have donated to them. And that's all good too because a lot of people didn't even know Pencils of Promise existed. They don't think about these third world countries and these kids who have nothing. I mean, it's actually kind of fascinating when you go to these third world countries. I encourage everybody to do so. It really helps you reevaluate your priorities because as I mentioned earlier, I know a few billionaires and they are miserable. They are in this prison of money because everyone knows how rich they are, so they can't trust anybody, and they're miserable. And then you have little kids in these third world countries walking around with no shoes, with plastic bottles taped to their feet, which acts as their shoes because the ground is rocky and hot, and they're so happy, and they have absolutely nothing. And it just kind of opens your eyes, like, wait a minute, why are billionaires you know, miserable and people who are you know, barely living so happy. And it's because money does not buy happiness. Money can really become a prison when you have too much. I will never be a billionaire. I promise you that. I guarantee it. If I ever have more than a few million in the bank, I'm gonna give it away. I'm gonna donate it. I don't wanna be tempted by that. And I think more people should think that way. I know it's tough. I know some people out there are like, what are you talking about, Tim? Get every, get every dollar that you can. But in reality, once you have enough to live off of, and not, trust me, I live pretty well. I'm not taking a vow of, of poverty. But once you have a few million in the bank, you really don't need much more to live very well. And the rest you can give away and help a lot of these communities. And even though the kids are happy to have nothing, they're happier when they have education. And there's a big divide between you know billionaire status and, and homeless status. And we can bridge the gap a little bit, you and me. 100%. I've been to a few of those countries and I completely agree with what you're saying, Tim. Brother, we got to close this up, man. I really appreciate you. I'm going to have timothysykes.com along with everything else and any other, other links to your YouTube and Twitter, all that stuff linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us or any other way that we'd like to, that you'd like for us to get in contact with you? No, you know, I mean, I've, I've said my piece. I just want people to understand that it's not just about money in this life as someone who, frankly, you know, I didn't grow up like homeless or, or, or totally poor, but, you know, we, we didn't have much growing up and now I have quite a bit of abundance. Um, it's not the ultimate goal for you. I'll tell you this straight up. And none of my millionaire students are very cocky. You know, like one of them quit his job. Uh, from Texas, he was working in a cubicle and now he's moved to Miami. He met the love of his life, just had a beautiful baby. I went to their wedding, that was great. One of them moved to the Caribbean and now I'm you know, G-chatting with him and, and he's like, sorry, I gotta go, the sea turtles are out. So he's, <laughs> he's playing for the sea turtles with his wife. Uh, my other student, Michael Good, who you know, thought I was full of BS, he doesn't, you know, splurge that much. Although, you know, he was on Steve Harvey with me, and I'm like, Michael, like, admit what you've done a little. And he's like, Well, now I have a hobby of, of buying houses in my spare time in cash. And I'm like, Yes, that's that's pretty <laughs> remarkable, you know. So, you you do what you love, whether you love sea turtles or, or buying houses or getting out of cubicle life. But at the same time, just focus on your own happiness. And if you're happy, you can make other people happy. It's very difficult when you're depressed to make anybody else happy because you're thinking about yourself. And I know that being selfish is looked down upon, but I do believe, you know, no different than if you're like in an airplane and they say, you know, you're in an airplane crash, like put your mask on first and then help other people. It's the same kind of thing. 
if you lose consciousness, you can't help anyone and you can't help yourself and you just become another victim. So help yourself to help other people and then everyone's happier. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, man. Excellent, excellent stuff. Love the conversation. I knew it would be just as amazing as anything else I've seen you do. Top notch, man. I really appreciate it. No, my pleasure. Thank you again for having me. And I'm sorry if I uh, I, I got into a sermon, but you, you get me uh, rolling with these topics. This is what I think about. I love it. We could go on and on. Hey, brother, next time you're out here in Hawaii, hit me up. I live on the island of Oahu, and uh, we'll go out for some, you know, for some coffee or whatever. Nice. Mahalo, man. All right. Aloha, brother. All right, guys, I told you that was going to be one hell of a conversation, and it was. Listen, money is important. It does, in fact, rank right up there with oxygen. But like oxygen, you only need so much. Once you're comfortable and have a bit in reserve, give some oxygen to others so they too can breathe a bit better. Don't sit and watch them struggle as long as you have the means to assist. And share what you do. When you help others, it's not showing off. It's showing that those of us who are living these amazing lives are not the selfish, greedy bastards everyone else sees in movies and books and on TV. It's important to start painting a different picture of wealth so that others will aspire to do so as well. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.